So it's all well and good for me to talk about financial stuff, but when I've got an expert like uh, the chief investment officer of Bulwark Capital Management to join us, Zach Abraham, all the better. He can probably help us figure out how this makes exact, great, perfect economic sense. California is leading the charge to reduce emissions and combat the climate crisis. And this is how. State air regulators voted this week to approve a plan that would ban the sale of new gasoline-powered cars by 2035. So Zach will make sense for that, or make sense of that for us. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Huge thank you to our friends at Soda Weight Loss, sodaweightloss.com, partners of the week, and helping a dear, beloved family member, not my wife, she's also on the program, on her fifth successful week uh, with Soda Weight Loss, dropping unwanted fat from her body. Zach Abraham, my brother, welcome back to the Todd Herman Show. Hey, it's good to be back, man. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. I'm just going to sit here while you uh, make sense that whole California abandoned the sale of, of gas-powered cars <laughs> by 2035. How's that going to work out? Um, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about how that's even possible. Um, I, I, because nobody ever stops to think, okay, well, you're going to have to have massive subsidies, first of all. And I don't know where they're going to get them because they're driving business out of the state. I, I, you know, people have said this for years, but I think we've honestly seen peak California economics. Um, I mean, it's, it's been difficult, but there've been benefits of being in California that have usurped the onerous expense of being there, you know? Um, and, and I think that, I think that they've crossed the 38th parallel in the sense that, you know, you're seeing these, you're seeing big corporations that can otherwise afford to stay there, leaving, just going, this is just too insane. Um, and it's just going to drive more people out, right? I mean, think about, think about as an employer now, what you have to pay somebody to live in California and work for you, as opposed to what you could save by just moving, you know, what, 300 miles to the east and, and set up shop in, in Arizona. I mean, it's just, maybe it's, it's, maybe it's slightly more than 300 miles, but bottom line is you can get there in less than a day via car. So why would you not do that in terms of land expense, in terms of living expense? You know, you pay somebody 65 grand a year in Arizona, that spends like 110 in California. And if you're going to mandate electric cars, you know, what's the cheapest electric car you can get out there that can give you some actual range? You know, $40,000? People go, no, you get a Model 3 for 30 grand. Well, that, that problem is that Model 3 was advertised but never sold because Tesla couldn't make any money on it. Yeah. And if Tesla can't, nobody else can. So I... I don't, it's, it's really, it's really bizarre in the sense that even in the face of what's going on, it's not bizarre. You've actually talked about this for years. So I'll just go back to what you said. It's a religion. They adhere to this stuff with religious like fervor and you can't make any sense of it. It doesn't pencil. It doesn't ink. I mean, it just, it doesn't calculate. It's, it's pure madness. They're going to, the question I have is, yeah, go ahead. Oh no. The question I have is, is how much of that expense 
because at some point, even the people in California will relinquish and realize it's a complete disaster. If they, if the majority of them aren't, aren't already coming to that conclusion. Um, and I, you know, the only, I guess the only sad thing is the worse it gets, the more collectively stupid the electorate in California gets, right? Because anybody with any sense is getting out of there. So at some point it's going to be a bailout project for the entire country. You know, I mean, that's what we're going to end up having to do because these people are just going to drive themselves right to the dirt. They're going to need 10 million government charging stations <laughs> to, to make this happen. Now, I just want to offer everybody a thought like um, the post office two weeks before Christmas and one week after. <laughs> just how, how does that work? Right. Um, TSA. Just two weeks before Christmas, two weeks after. How is that going to work? You go to a government charging station, let's say that the device blows your car up. Who do you call? Well, yeah, I, I, I'm sure I, there's a website or an app. And seven years later, you get a note back saying, we don't have sufficient proof. I, I mean, you're going to turn your mobility over to the government. And what stock do you go long on or short here? I'm confused because Elon Musk has said, we don't have the... <laughs> We don't have the backbone for this. We don't have the infrastructure for this. So if you're looking at this at, from a stock play, I guess people are going to be forced to purchase these cars. Uh, I mean, do you go long on automotive stocks? What do you, what do you, I mean, I don't even want to make money on this. So I don't want to touch any of it. I hate it. I don't want to have anything to do with it because it's thievery. Yeah. But what, what would you do if you're willing to make money on it? Um, <clears throat> well, I, I still think personally, and please do not do this at, at my behest, right? So I'm not advocating anybody go out and do this because again, we do it with risk controls in place and all that kind of stuff. But um, where you're currently sitting right now, and here's, the, here's, the, here's one of the biggest issues. So look at Tesla. I think Tesla actually has a lot of brand value. Uh, they've got an incredible following, but at the end of the day, Tesla twists metal, they make cars. And if you look at the valuation that Tesla has or really anything that is tied to solar power, anything that's tied to clean energy, you look at the valuation of it and it just doesn't make any sense, right? It's like everybody, the market out there believes that there's something magical, like there's this extra un, unknown margin hiding in electric cars. It's not, you're just changing out the drivetrain and you're replacing it one with that's more expensive and in many ways, much harder to deal with over the long run in terms of you know, getting rid of batteries and all that other kind of stuff. So uh, it's also much more commodity intensive, you know, and that's the thing that just no, nobody ever does the full work on it. So my biggest way to play it right now would be to short those things. Um, but we were talking about this. Yeah. We were talking about this last week and, and my preferred way, if you want to be a, uh, for lack of a better term, a vindictive investor, right? Like if you, if you want to push back against all the insanity that you're seeing, I, I still think the most, I, the most perfect way to do that, the most perfect way as an investor to push the other direction. And also I think make a good financial decision and short what do what I said is effectively shorting the entire system is to be long these very cheap and very well-run energy producing and commodity producing companies. Okay. And, and it's not a, like I said, I don't think you're going to see a, I don't think you're going to see a situation in this country at any point over the next five to seven years where we're looking at sustained inflation rates 
you know, above 12, 13% like we did in the seventies. I don't think it's that type of inflationary story, but I think the impact on commodities is going to be the same because of this religious war they've waged against them. And it, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, uh, I just think the best way to short it is, is buying those commodities themselves because in their church of the woke, in their green church, um, they just want to pretend like these things aren't needed. We can just convert to green energy and you just can't, it just, the numbers don't work. Um, and, and like anybody that's rational, Todd, even on the more liberal side of it, they would admit that if you want to make a move like this, you have to transition an economy probably over about a 20 to 30 year period of time. Right. And with technological advancements and, and government cooperation, you know, like I've always believed that I don't think a government should put money into these races but I think a government can give tax subsidies for the types of activities that it wants to see. I just think when the government starts injecting capital, it distorts markets and it screws things up more than helping them. But um, even under the best circumstances, I mean, you look at all these people talking about full self-driving, you're probably realistically still eight to 10 years out. I mean, these things just take time yeah. and um, they want to act like they can convert overnight. They just can't. So I'll toss out two things. Uh, number one, um, good thing there's no design for a hydrogen car that's being buried by big, <laughs> by, by big auto, you know, because that would be tragic. Right. If something as simple as hydrogen, uh, which actually resolves as water uh, coming out of your, uh, your tailpipe. I mean, they would never hide right. that. So we can rest assured that they're not doing that to us. Um, here's, here is conspiracy investing. Ready? Okay. Now, ESG is a real thing. BlackRock has temporarily backed off on it because it got found out because, frankly, uh, I believe Glenn Beck led the way on that. But it's been found out and people know it's insane and they know that the economy is going to get Biden. You know, whoever runs Joe Biden will no longer be in the White House. They know that. So they're taking their foot off the neck of people for ESG. The day the um, they get the election where they want it to be, the foot goes back on. They go back to ESG. Um, the design for the automakers for now about uh, seven years has been we want a new business model where people don't own cars, just the uber rich own cars. We want everyone else to have cars as a service because we want to own the car. We want to own the track where it goes. We want to own the ride schedule. We want to be able to return, get multiples on this. It's not enough for us to sell the car one time and some parts. We want to be able to use that car all day, all night, because most people don't. We want to be able to jack up the rates. If you're going to a concert, hey, guess what? So is everybody else. So your $20 ride is a $200 ride. The people who have the infrastructure set up for that are Lyft and Uber. Um, and I would look for one of the big car rental companies to make a mobbed up lobbyist move that we are the ones who should be allowed to do this on grand scale. So I would be looking at companies like that who are going to say, oh, it's by force. Well, funny thing, we've got the capital to go out and buy a bunch of garbage electric cars or even nice electric cars. Other people don't. We're going to advertise down to the um, down to the little folks. You can't afford an electric car, but hey, let one come pick you up. I would be looking at that. And then I would be looking in in more sane states um, I'd be looking really hard at the big branded roll up used car dealers because someone somewhere is going to say, 
you know what? All this outlawing of gas cars in California, we're going to have all sorts of inventory. So is it CarMax or, you know, not like the vending machine car thing you love to joke about, but actual <laughs> people who actually want to make money in the car business and want to have a national brand getting all those cars out of California or getting them into California. So that's conspiracy investing. It's the rideshare companies that will play the mobbed up game, the rental car companies that have better lobbyists. Um, and then the not really underground, but it's going to be a big economy in California for people who want their gas cars and set and, and then uh, set up like private fielding stations. So that's con conspiracy investing. And I'll just say the same thing. Well, no one's stupid enough to invest because I said it. So I don't need a disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, here, here's what's funny that you bring this up. Um, we, we haven't done anything yet, and I'm not advocating it, but along those lines is one of the reasons that we've been keeping a really close eye on GM. And here's, here's my logic behind it. Um, if, I, I think that there unquestionably is going to be a push unless there's a big political shift. Uh, right along the lines of what you're talking about. Okay. And then, and then I want to look for the company that has the most pension liability. And I want to look at the company that has the most interaction with the unions. And the reason I do is because the federal government is going to give them every opportunity, probably unfair opportunities to, um, to participate in that game just because if, think about the vertical integration. If even one of those car rental companies wanted to take GM on in that game, right? GM's or GM's already making the EVs, right? They're already getting the tax credits from the U S government. Um, if GM was to go under the, the federal government's going to be on the, on the hook for their pension liability, right? So the politicians can sit there and eat, you know, be careful when a politician can easily justify spending money, right? If we give GM this contract, it will keep us from having to bail out their pension fund. So we just, we just saved the taxpayer $300 billion. That wasn't a bailout. I mean, can't you guys, the listeners out there, can't you just hear them trying to pitch it like that, right? So GM has kind of been the natural one. Ford could potentially be too. Ford just has, it, it's cleaner. Um, it, and I, I don't think it's, I, I think Ford would benefit from it too, just because they do have a lot of unions and a lot of pensions and all that kind of stuff too. But GM, I just think is ground zero for this. Um, that if that, if that takes place, because they also, they've got another lever there. They also manufacture the cars. GM actually has some really good full self-driving software too called Cruise, which is, which is actually unbeknownst to the market out there. It's actually several steps ahead of Tesla full self-driving. Um, that's kind of one of the things that people don't understand out there. Tesla's at the bottom of the list when it comes to their full self-driving capability. Um, and, and, and a big reason for that is in my opinion, they chose the wrong route. They were trying to go this, uh, uh, route with visual cameras and it's just, the coding is too difficult. And so they're doing something called LIDAR now. And, and Tesla is trying to transition to that now, but they invested a lot in their, in their cameras. But anyway, so GM has the, the manufacturing capability. They have the full self-driving cap capability. They're fully integrated. You and I both know they are, I mean, probably not as much as the wall street banks, but GM's pretty mobbed up. Right. I mean, they, oh. they, they're pretty mobbed up. Well, remember I this, mean, GM was bankrupt um, and they're secured creditors. And this is the law. And it was the law since what, 1937 or something. Secured creditors are first up to get paid back in a bankruptcy. 
Yes. And that happened. And Barack Hussein Obama, mm -mm -mm, God bless Rush Limbaugh, went to them and said, I won. You lost. This company belongs to the unions. Get out of my way. And he said to the secured investors, if you want me to use the White House and the IRS and the DOJ and everybody else to crush you and to destroy your lives and all your bank accounts don't bring it on and you're going to get seven years of audits and then re-audits, you go ahead and oppose me giving GM to the unions because that's what you Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why I think that they're a perfect recipient for this. Um, and they also, to their credit on the flip side, I think that they've, they've improved the company. I I think that Mary Barra has done a pretty decent job running them. Is she the one who didn't know how the cars charge? I love that, that. No, no. And I'm forgetting who that was because she wasn't even there at that point. That was somebody else. That was that was priceless. I love that. Um, where's the power come from? Oh, well, yeah. this charging station. Right. But where's that? Where's the power for the charging station come from? Then the guy steps in. Oh, I'll handle this. And he was like with the. It's the, coal. Yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's so it's coal. Um, so, okay. That's a great, that's a great view of the situation in California. You're the separate country in which you live. Um, your dictator up there, Jay Inslee has said, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to adopt the gear leader. Dear, yep. They're going to do the same thing to you up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and what does this mean? I guess, I don't know, for the used car markets, there's going to be in California, everybody's going to want to use car. And in Washington state, everybody's going to want to use car. Cause you know, here's one thing that's true about most consumers, except for the true uh, Biden bots and Obama bots. They hate having choices taken from them. They hate it. Yes. Right. I mean, yes. you even think about people who uh, aren't, aren't political. They don't pay two seconds of attention to what's going on in the country. Uh, they've never read the Bible. They, they're just, just they're absolutely Obama bots or culture bots. Apple releases software that doesn't let you move the icons where you want on the home screen of your phone. And it's 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 a jihad. I mean, you go to the. Yeah, boards, I say, I'm going to Android. That's I. And it's. <laughs> And Apple apologizes and, and what? I can't get it in this color anymore. And so now you're well, talking I, about a car. That's, that's got to just, in the used car market, that's got to just get people really excited about this. Yeah, I, I think it will. I also think that it's, it's probably going to be a big wind underneath the sales, at least for a period of time for the collectible car market as well. Okay. Um, And it's going to be a lot more, I mean, here's the other thing that nobody really thinks about, and this is classic government, right? Shoot first and ask questions later. The other thing is it's going to, it's going to put just unbelievable amount of stress on that industry as a whole, because while it's a good thing over the long run, and this is why I think transition over time is so important when government steps in with these artificial benchmarks, they flip economies upside down and they always create way more pain than if they let the free market do it over time. You know, a good part of electric cars is that the maintenance factors are way lower. The parts traditionally last much longer. Um, think of what that's going to do to mechanics and service departments. Yeah. Right. There's a lot, right. There, there's a lot of car dealerships that won't even be able to make it based on that. Um, and those people lose their jobs. Oh. Where are they going to go to work? Where are they going to go to work? Um, automo- automobile tool manufacturers, right? There's so many different things 
and, and, and this is why I get so incensed with these government takeovers of the, it's, it's, you have these, you have these discussions with the people on the hardcore left and it's all about the aim, right? It all, it's all about what your goal is, what your intention is. And they pay no, and, and I look at them, I go, Hey, I, no one's anti good environment. I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to say I want to muck up the environment here. I just think that you need to slow your roll because what are you going to tell those 3 million people that lose their jobs and potentially their homes because you need to do this. And if somebody comes into your workplace and pulls this stuff, you're rioting in the streets, right? It just, it, they just never think about the knock on effects and it's never, it's never the initial thing in economics. It's always the unintended consequences, you know? Um, so I, yeah, I mean, the, the other thing is, is there'll, there'll be all kinds of weird, it's like inflation, Todd, you, we've had this discussion about inflation. There, there are going to be all these little pockets of the economy that are oddly affected by these types of issues. Um, the other thing is it's going to be a huge disadvantage to run a business in California or Washington state. Like nobody's thought about that. What it, right. like, I, right. you're, your, your tax revenue is going to go down. Right. And if you look at a business that is equipment intensive, um, you know, you or I, I don't know about you, but I might buy a new car uh, every seven or eight years. I, I tend to drive them until they drop. I just, I don't think it's yeah. wise to do otherwise. And I try to buy a good quality used vehicle I can have for, you know, 15 years and keep it that long. But I think about people in, 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 in equipment intensive businesses. I don't think there's a lot of electric dump trucks. You know, I've got a lot of friends who have like construction businesses over here. Those dump trucks, I mean, they're pretty solid. But when one of those things goes, it goes. And you have guys who put 300,000, 350,000 miles on a work truck every year. And now yeah. they need to go find something that's like one of the high-end Ford 350s or, you know, one of the big commercial Fords that's electric. Oh, good, 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 good luck with that. We'll continue with Zach Abraham. The, um, uh, man, I'm so excited. I get to have uh, Tim Cruikshank, the founder of Bonefrog Coffee over here um, with one of his business partners in the free, uh, the high mountains of free America. I've spent some time with Tim, but not enough. And one of the things I would let you know about this guy is, <laughs> I, I don't get to say this because I did not serve this country um, in the military, but everybody, every friend I have uh, who served and is either special forces or army ranger or green beret. Um, they all say Navy seals. Like if you want to know if someone's a Navy seal, walk up to them and they'll say, Hey, I'm a Navy seal. Now that might be completely unfair to Navy seals in this audience, but this is the thing that you'd never get from Tim Cruikshank. This, 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 you would never get that from him. In fact, I was talking to a friend of mine who's super strong, super masculine, and he's, he's going to have a meeting with Tim. He's like, man, I, I got to confess, I'm a little bit intimidated. I go, oh my gosh, no. Tim is the most humble dude that you're ever going to meet. He is very unassuming. Uh, he built the company Bonefrog Coffee because he wants to have a, a good, solid income for his family. True story. Uh, the other thing is he so dearly, dearly loves the SEAL community. He's a 25-year Navy veteran and Navy SEAL. So dearly loves it. And he wants to promote the, the image of SEALs and to bring attention to great heroic SEALs. He gets, takes proceeds from the company and he helps out the, uh, the families of, of fallen SEALs, people who chose to give their life for this country or you know chose to make that possible. 
And then there's the range of coffees. Uh, there is not a coffee that Bonefrog makes that I don't love. And that's new for me because light roast was always out. Not anymore. I love the Zen frog all the way up to the dark roast frog, man. There's medium dark sons of valor and then medium roast bone frog K cup. Yeah. You can get the dark roast K cup, get the medium roast K cup. Then there's more K cup options coming. I can't wait to see him and we'll sit down and probably do like a little video interview or something. And, I don't know. Maybe I'll see. I, I was saying I'd take him shooting, but why? Why would I put myself through the embarrassment of shooting next to a Navy SEAL? No, I'm not going to take him shooting. Silly me. Oh, maybe I'll take him for a workout. Why would I work out next to a Navy SEAL? It's just asking for a, getting stomped. It's Bonefrog.us. You get five percent off lifetime subscription there. Bonefrog.us. So, Zach, uh, what do you make of this year thing? You could say this is how much it's going to cost if everyone who is eligible applies. I, I, I mean, don't have a, I, we just don't have a, a number to share at this time. That's the college loan. Um, this is the bailout of taking money from people like me who didn't even complete a year of college and giving it to people who did and became doctors and lawyers, taking my money, giving it to them, all to the benefit of Wall Street. Um, and that clip goes on. But that was the current spokesman for the White House telling Peter Ducey and a colleague, we have no idea how much this is going to cost, but it's paid for. Uh, so I would just sit there and say, sounds like every other government bill gets passed, right? I mean, I, I, I mean, anybody that buys this stuff anymore, I mean, we're, we're going to spend $500 billion and that's going to lower the deficit. Okay. Um, <laughs> the other thing is the way they look at it. Yeah. It, government, government even screws this up. If you're going to look, and I'm not saying I advocate this. Okay. Cause I don't, but if you're going to spend 500 billion, spend 2 trillion and wipe it all out because wiping off $10,000 of people's student loans, isn't going to do anything. The, the stimulative part of paying off student loans would go for, would really impact people that owe $40,000 or more. And I'm not lobbying for myself. I paid my student loans the old fashioned way. I got rid of them by, by God's good grace and blessing. Um, but it, 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 hey, I mean, it's, it is so nakedly a ploy to try to stay, st give them some stability and some hope in the midterms because there's the, like I said, it, it's just a money giveaway. It doesn't mean anything. I mean, $10,000, $10,000 of student loans doesn't impair anybody's life. Right? I'm sure there's somebody out there where it's hurting them. But I mean, you know, what is your, what is your payment on $10,000 of student loan? Maybe it's two fifty a month, you know, three, you know what I mean? Like if you, if you have a, if you have a degree, uh, or, or you have a willingness to go out and work, I mean, I've got clients that own taco times. It'll pay 20 bucks an hour right now. You, you making 20 bucks an hour making tacos, you can pay a 250 or $300 student loan bill, right? It's so, I mean, even in the form of a giveaway, it's stupid. It's just, all you're doing is tacking on $500 billion onto the debt and it's not going to do anything. Um, look, there's a car wash, uh, in North Idaho pays 25 bucks an hour. I got a friend of mine sells boats, um, some pretty luxury craft, by the way, he's 25, 30 bucks an hour to start. And he's talking about yeah. detailers and, and you know, and he can't fill those positions. So yeah. I yeah. don't know if you saw this, um, because you are very busy monitoring, you know, international finance and national finance. I want to get to Europe and what's going on there and the fuel situation, and all that. Um, but I don't know if you happen to see that uh, Joe Biden is Jesus Christ. 
Uh, yeah, among other things, like Mahama Gandhi, throw that in there as well. But yeah. I'm- Did you see this organized meme effort? And it was organized. It was top down. It was far too instantly distributed. They had this planned for their social media attack to come and say, if you're a Christian, you have to be with this debt forgiveness because your entire so-called religion is based upon debt forgiveness. There were pastors who said this. Um, like, no, there's a guy who, who gets to call himself a liberal pastor. He calls himself a progressive pastor. But he said, way to lose the plot, kids. And he was talking about conservative Christians. There's another guy who put up um, a, a rendering of the Lord Jesus at the Sermon on the Mount and said, Jesus providing um, food, fish, and bread for uh, people who needed it is an affront to those who brought their own lunch. Conservative Christian logic. And you know what's terrifying is there's the primary audience, which is people who are unchurched and leftists and Obamatons and Bidentons. And that's that's for them that's, you know, hey, here's some way you can feel morally superior. Use this as a cudgel. Um, and But the real target to me that matters is people who sit in the middle, people who, who say they're Christian, but they have no biblical worldview. They really do not know um, what, the, what the cost of the cross was, why the Lord Jesus did that, how that worked. They see that and, and it shuts them up. They're going, oh, oh my gosh. Oh, that's right. And what they're really doing is trying to make an effort to equate government with, with God. Um, it's, it's frightening. And it's also taking the Lord's name in vain in a very organized way. And I'm going to guess that the Lord Jesus might not like that. Hmm. I, I, wow. Where do we tackle that one? Yeah. Uh, let, let's start off with a pastor saying, if you're a Christian, you're going to align with these politics. Um, Jesus Christ made every attempt possible to not align with political movements of any kind. So I would tell him, you're not a liberal pastor. You're just a liberal political activist because you don't even know your own scripture. First of all, completely wrong. Second of all, this has nothing to do with religion or compassion. You know what you call, uh, uh, you know, what you call forced compassion or forced philanthropy. It's called communism. I mean, right. I, I mean, you, you, you can, you can color it however you want, right? Jesus Christ didn't show up with $10,000 of savings bonds and hand them out to people. He fed people that were starving. Now we're going to conflate paying off somebody's student loan debt that they have for whatever reason. How do we know that they don't have that student loan debt, which the mo- most of it is, by the way. And I talked to a guy that went to college not that long ago. Well, <laughs> I guess it's coming up on 20 years, but you know, a lot of this student loan debt is racked up because people don't work while they're going to school anymore, right? So they're subsidizing their, their, their frat parties on Thursday night and Friday night, and they rack up extra student debt. Yeah, that's, the, that, that, that's the whole big lie in this country. The only people that are getting really squeezed by college costs are middle class. But if you're lower, if you're poor, like they say, you don't have to pay barely anything for college as it is. And anybody that's ever filled out a FAFSA form knows that. It's, it's this whole, so you're going to conflate paying off $10,000 of student loan debt that by the way, that person didn't have to get if they decided to do two years at community college, right? Which makes a heck of a lot more sense in going to a four year den of iniquity that, and, and, and idiocy that these universities have turned into. You're going to conflate that to feeding poor people. Are you kidding me? Right. 
It's called the subsidization of bad decisions. This isn't philanthropy. Philanthropy. You're I just it, and and I, I judge not lest you be judged. I'm not going to judge this guy. But when I hear people say that and then throw a religious bent on it, I look at them and go, "You have obviously not studied your Bible because you are you are dancing." You're not walking. You are dancing on very dangerous ground. Or he has, and he uses this as a mask, and he uses the mask of Christianity to be a revolutionary uh, in a bad sense, and he knows it's a lie, and that is a feature, not a bug of tyranny. You teach people that we lie, but we lie for a good yeah. outcome. Here's, I see now, in their defense, there is a not very well-known chapter of the new testament i don't know if you've ever read this um it's it's uh jamie diamond is what it's called and it, it said that on the sermon on the mount the lord jesus told by his disciples that people were hungry said do we have any food and a young man brought loaves of fishes handful of bread some fishes and the lord jesus said go get some roman centurions and raid everyone else's kitchen and bring us food so I mean, it's just not a well-known portion of the Bible. But then there's also this, that, that the sin, like, okay, the debt, what was the debt? We broke covenant with God. Hey, do everything you, that your heart desires in the garden of Eden. Do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Just don't do that. Everything else is good to go. Ice cream, whatever you need, you're good. Um, Adam did that because Eve did that and, and, and Eve did it because she wasn't being ministered to by her husband. That's the debt. It's not financial. It's spiritual. It can only be forgiven by God. And yet he could have just said, Hey, you know what? It's good. I, I forgive you. He didn't. He, he transfigured himself into uh, a little tiny baby raised uh, felt pain and hunger and, and, and fear, but always, you know, at some point grew to understood he was the son of God and then had himself tortured all day for 12, 14 hours and then hung on a cross and nailed to a tree and, and they tried to belittle him and stripped him. And then, then the debt was paid, the spiritual debt. Yeah. And what he didn't do yep. was say, you know what? Actually, this really hurts up here in this cross. Um, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take half of society and I'm going to put the sin weight on you. I'm getting off this cross. This, this is awful. I'm putting this on you, but the rest of you, you're free. You're good. That's not what he did. Yeah. Well, not to mention that one of the biggest reasons why he was on the cross is because he refused to get politically active, right? Like, you know, that was why, uh, that was, the, that was the primary reason that the crowd pardoned, um, what's his name? Um, I'm blanking on him. The, the, the guy that got forgiven, uh, um, oh, not forgiven, got, got let go. Yeah. Um, pardoned. Yeah. Pardoned in, in Jesus play. It started with a Z, I think. Uh, Barnabas. Um, Barnabas. yeah, Barnabas. Yeah. Um, because he was, uh, he was a, at the time and I'm blanking out on all my terms now. He was, he, he had that, uh, that murderer. cultural name. Yeah. He was a murderer. And then he was also part of that extreme political movement. That was the, the very aggressive Jews that wanted to, you know, that their idea of the Messiah was a warrior. Right. And so, yeah, yeah, I was the zealot. Yep. Yep. And there was another, there's another name for him. I'm forgetting that. It's a but, um, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> so he, but, but yeah, he got apolitical. The other thing that I've always laughed, cause I've heard liberals bring up this whole debt Jubilee thing. And in your Bible, it says, 
Do you know what kind of lending standards existed when, when the lenders knew that debts were forgiven every seven years? They didn't issue 30 year mortgages, Todd. They didn't have student loans that went out for 25 years. All the, so you can't even, once again, you, you can't even complain these two things. You're comparing an apple. To, it's just a ridiculous comp where you go, whoa, 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 guys, guys. Uh, do you think that they were forgiving 30 year mortgages every seven years? Like oh you, you, <laughs> no, what happened was 30 year mortgages didn't exist. Why? Because they had to have debt jubilees. So, I mean, the under, it, it's just, it's just historical literacy. It, it reminds me of the tweet I read the other day about some leftist, leftist act, leftist activist guy that worked in the Obama administration who was going on and on about how um, Republicans are against, I can't remember what bill it was. It was the, it might've been, it might've been the student loan one, but he was saying, you know, it's all about racism and you can trace this all back to the roots of the Republican party. And I just, I, I just started laughing at it. I went, anybody that tries to make the argument that the Republican party has always stood for this and they, they just don't understand history, right? Meaning, um, first of all, to, to sit there and try to make the argument that Republicans are, is the modern party of what Dixiecrats were, yeah. it's completely, it's completely wrong. You, you go back to the times of Ulysses S. Grant, the Republican party back then stood for free markets, uh, less than, you know, sometimes not to a good extent, but they stood for very many, most of the same principles they stood for today. Now there's been cultural changeover, but my whole point in saying this is that you know, it's always tough to have debates with these people because they don't let the truth get into the way of their, of, of their points. And they'll just say it enough times and just believe it. And, and, um, and it's by design and it's by design. It's brain breaking from the top. Um, it's by design. We're going to make, we're going to um, create neural pathways in you where it's no longer painful for you to repeat a lie. We're going to pound it. We're going to hammer it. We're going to pressure you. So that thing about repeating a lie and then acting on it, that, that, that's, um, that neural pathway that the Lord Jesus, the Lord created in your mind is gone. So we're going to override that. So that's, that's one of the big plans. Um, but there's one of the, and thing- Todd, the, Todd, yeah. the, 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 and I don't mean to interrupt you, but just finish this up. The, the thing that is so, this thing that is so ironic and yet terrifying to me is that what these woke liberals do not understand is they are suffering under the exact same delusion that made Nazism possible in Germany, right? It's the same thing. It's just a different ideology where, where I am going to, through, like you said, political conditioning over time, I'm going to convince you that North isn't really North and South really isn't South. I'm going to convince you that all cultural problems were not caused because we started World War I and destroyed Europe. They were started because of the Jew, right? That was the, that was the, that was the Nazis line of the time. Now it's the evil Republicans and it's, we're just switching it over to these other things. And it's, it's, and it's not based in science. It's not based in fact. It's just complete nonsense. No, it's a, it's a, exactly what you said. It's a lift the template from Hitler. It's lift the template from Mao. And remember, Hitler started with anti-communism. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, it's the communists. And then he's like, wow, this isn't catching on uh, Jews. And if that yeah. hadn't worked, it, you know, it would have been something else. Uh, well, and you made a great point too, because he was a part of he was actually a part of the of the equivalent of the Communist Party in Germany, right? The Labor Party before he flipped anti-communism, and that didn't garner enough support. So then he ramped it up with the Jews. He just kept pushing buttons until he hit one. Right, um, and I would say this about the Lord Jesus and the, the so-called college debt forgiveness. Um, this is extra biblical. This is like it's it's 
just imagination, but if the Lord Jesus came along and someone said, you know, Rabbi, should we, should we, should we pay for college? I think the Lord might say, well, what is college? Oh, let me show you. All right. And then the Lord Jesus steps onto the campus of Brown University and he's walking around with you. <laughs> and there's a sign that says trans women are women. And the Lord Jesus says, so what is a trans woman? Oh, it's a woman. All right. But what's a woman? Well, it's a cis woman. Oh, what's a cis woman? It's a woman who was, who was assigned the correct birth, uh, sex at birth. Who assigned it? Oh, a doctor. The doctor got it right. What are the markings of a woman? Oh, well, there's no distinct markings. Wait, you're asking me, should you pay for this? <laughs> uh, wait, why would I have you, you? You are teaching everything against my word. Would I pay for this? I, I mean, render under Caesar. Is this a government? No, this is a private school. No, this is a den of thieves and murderers. Why would I pay for this? You want to see the righteous Lord Jesus, righteous anger. You think he might overturn some tables in there? I mean, it's not a temple. So yeah. maybe not, but I think he'd be saying, why would you want me to tell you to give money to something that is utterly evil? Well, here's the other thing. You're conflating it again with giving fish and bread to poor people. Right. Who does that money go to? Who does that money go to? Right. It goes to rich people. Right. It's the lenders that issued the loans. Make them pay. Make them write off a certain amount of it. You're going to, that, that's the big ruse. Oh, we're helping the little guy. Nonsense. $10,000 debt forgiveness doesn't do anything for anybody. Like I said, well, I paid student loans. Yeah, but if you take the 10000 and you multiply it across 15 million people, and then you have a fund, and now you can go back. That's and say, a new yacht, baby. Right. So now you can go back and say, oh, listen, we were officially too big to fail because the figurehead already showed he's in for 10,000. You think he won't be in for 20? So if this thing, if these bonds, don't worry, it's officially too big to fail. Go long on college debt because we've just secured this. So 100%. All right. Uh, let's catch up real quick um, when when we continue to, with Europe, because there's a weird thing that happened and no one could have predicted this ever. But Russia kind of has been turning off and on the flow of oil to Europe. No one could have predicted this except you and well, Donald Trump, because he went and spoke to the German people and said, hey, by the way, Russia is going to turn off your gas. And, and it's not great audio because it's just faces. They're shaking their head. Who is this fool? We're talking with Zach Abraham, the chief investment officer, Bulwark Capital Management. Um, as you can tell, he is a truth teller about his own industry and about the, the financial world. Now, maybe you have the answer outside of a financial system. So maybe you, maybe, maybe you said, yeah, Herman, I do. As a matter of fact, I'm completely outside of a financial system. I'm all in land. Sweet. Well, then you are perfectly safe. And there's nothing that can happen to you unless, of course, like, well, there's Canada where they recently announced that people actually don't get to own land. But that can't happen here. So you're good, you know. No, I mean, there are the cases where like the EPA has come along to, to almond farmers 
in California and said, actually, you know, that the, the trailer, the, 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 the tire marks here that your trailers left behind that are filled with water. Those are now navigable waterways. You don't get to farm almonds. Those are navigable army way, uh, waterways where the army Corps of engineers were seizing this land. It's still yours, but you can't use it. So other than that, other than that, you're solid. I mean, there are the things, I mean, there is the, the, the fact that now the government is coming along and selling water rights around people's property to the Chinese Communist Party. And then when they own the water rights around your property, they can kind of block the, but that's other than that. And maybe you're just doing, look, I get it. So maybe it's not that rural. You own some investment land in a city and you're going to build apartments. Okay. Well, in that case, then you're perfectly solid unless, you know, the government says you can't collect rent for two years because of a flu. So, okay. So maybe you're not that solid. <laughs> what I'm telling you is Bulwark Capital Management's obsessive focus on risk management. They spread their bets. It's hedges upon hedges. It's always with a backup plan because yeah, they want you to make money. They want us to grow our profits. They want us to grow our wealth. That is a great goal. And you know what will destroy that? That effort is putting a hole in the bucket. Dear Liza, dear Liza. But I had a bunch of water, but Liza, there's a hole in the bucket. It's called the Chinese Communist Party or, or land seizures. Get with someone who's obsessive about risk management, that's Zach's firm, Bulwark Capital Management, 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given with the client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representing the Czech Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. Boom, baby! I'm getting pretty good at that government uh, thing at the end, aren't I? That is good. Yeah, man. I, I've never actually done that part of it. I'm You're, you're whipping through it pretty Woo! quick. Uh, so Boy's on fire. Yeah. Uh, Europe is, <laughs> Europe's doing well. Oh yeah. Times are good, man. <laughs> it's, it's summertime and the living is easy, baby. Uh, um, <clears throat> what's worse, the mass suicides with Dutch farmers, um, Germany uh, finding out that Russia meant it when they said, we're going to turn off the flow of oil for a little bit. It's just, it's like air, but just for a little bit, what's worse? Um, I, you know, I'm afraid. <sighs> a tough one. Oh, um, I, I think it's what's going on in Europe in general, because, uh, you know, you always want to be careful when looking at these situations because history is not a linear path. There, there's always zigs and zags and things like that. Um, but, but the energy policy that, um, and guys, this, and it's just math, right? The energy policy they're pursuing if they do not alter course and it may already be too late, uh, but it's going to cost millions of lives. And I think that's a pretty conservative estimate. Um, maybe not directly, but through economic hardship and probably directly. Um, because here's, here's the other nasty thing that that's, that's happening. Um, you, you know, Europe might, Europe might be able to get enough gas to get through this. I mean, get through now. I don't even know what that term means because I think if your power bill 10 X is over the course of the year, I don't think that's getting through, but it's coming at cost. A lot of these other smaller marginal company countries, they're getting their oil supplies and their nat gas supplies stolen from them to try to fill in the gap for Europe. And it's all because of Europe's idiotic and 
and suicidal energy policy. And, um, you know, now what they're talking about, there was a news line, news headline out today and Turkey's trying to do it now. Turkey just adjusted their prices up in the after hours today. They bumped up, uh, let's see residential power. They just popped up 20% overnight. So your bill will be 20% more expensive. And for companies, for institutions, um, they jacked it 50%. So what, what Europe's going to, what you'll watch them do now, and I'm convinced they'll try to do it because this is what they all, they always do. They're already floating the idea of capping prices. So saying (laughs) we won't let people try. I can't, I, I kid you not. And, and, what, the frustrating that's, part that's of innovating that's never been tried. I mean, just, and, and when I sit there and I say, I don't think it's going to turn into a Zimbabwe type scenario. <laughs> I'm speaking about here in the United States. And I'm also saying that, yeah, there is that shred of possibility just because the political class has gotten so stupid and so ideological that you can't, you just can't put anything past them. And what do price caps do? <laughs> they increase scarcity. Why? Because your biggest problem right now in energy is lack of investment. So if you're going to cap the level at which I can sell my good at, I'm going to get less investors and less capital. You just cap my profitable, my profitability potential, right? I, it's just insane. Like let open it up, fix this problem. Let the free market fix it. It'll have it fixed in two and a half to three years. I, it's just insane. I, I, if they had it, if they had technology ready to go that they could pivot to right out of the gate, you, you, I mean, it'd still be stupid and it'd be cumbersome and it would cause a lot more pain than it needed to on an economic basis. But you could see it. This, this literally is like them, like the coach saying, hey, pass it to the corner, pass it to the guy in the corner. And you look at him and go, there's nobody there. <laughs> so you pass it and the ball just goes out of bounds. The coach says, oh, we'll get him next time. And you're like, you're insane. There's nobody there, man. <laughs> And, and that, that's what watching this happen. You're just, and you keep going, okay, it's going to get their attention. Nope. We're going to put on price caps. Okay. Well then the energy shortage just got worse. You're I'm buying more. Yeah. And when you it, re- say, and it, re- it really is that simple. Yeah. When you say it's not going to turn in um, to Zimbabwe uh, in the United States, there, there is one thing I'd point out to you. This is sound from just south of you, down in the separate country of Portland. This is, uh, Antifa has taken to seizing freeways and holding people captive. And this is an older couple panicking and driving away. And these are gonna be gunshots fired at the older couple. And sadly, the shots missed, but hit a comrade, uh, Antifa comrade. Antifa is now using GoFundMe to raise money for the comrade who was trying to kill um, this older couple. They're seizing these streets the same way happens in South America and Zimbabwe. They're practicing this. Los Angeles just had its first freeway lockdown where people shut the freeway down at both sides started fires on both sides and then went through and said, give us your wallets, give us your money. There's no way out, right? Give us this stuff or burn and die. In Portland, mm-hmm. the cops didn't come. They can't. So what I'm, I'm saying is um, when, when this stuff matches with energy costs and they get to go to a lot of people and say, do you see what, what, what capitalism has done? 
You can't afford energy. You can't afford a car. You can't afford food. This is why we've been fighting for you. This is why we've been seizing freeways. Are you with us now? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, and, and that is the, like, that's why I didn't say that that Zimbabwe scenario is impossible. Right. Um, and it, it, that's, it's the political writ. And that's why I said the, the, the one part about that you have to manage when you're, when you're running money or you're managing investments like us and, and we talk about it all the time. The, the one thing that we have to try to keep an eye out for is how do we manage extreme political idiocy? That's not, that's not a, 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 an extreme, you know, that's a term that we use internally here. Obviously it's not like a, an industry term, yeah. but we, we talk about that because that really is, that's the unknowable. Like, and, and how far will the populace go down this road until they realize it's a rigged game and it doesn't work? I don't know. And the, the political risk of what these people are doing to me, that, that to me is the biggest tail risk we face here. Because like you said, people, and I, you know, I think it's probably universal for human beings, but we really long for this silver bullet approach where, Oh, that's the answer. That's why things are, and life is always more nuanced and more complex than that. And, um, you know, I, I, and you and I talked about this too, but I, I, I watched how with people that I even thought were, were, were smart, uh, getting sucked in by this price gouging argument for oil companies. And I just sat there, it was one of those things where you go, no, 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 you guys can't be falling for this. You can't fall. But, it's just, well, it's the oil companies jacking up oil price. Everybody goes, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, they're greedy. We've heard how bad big oil is for so long. You know, and, and they just buy it and they run with it. And part of it is because we've got a failed education system that now we're bailing out, right? <laughs> so yeah. um, here's, here's what I the, like the, the political risk is unlimited. Here's my, my, my request to people who work for Gavin Newsom and Jay Inslee, and you want to keep your jobs, and you don't want to see the country implode in the civil war. Okay. But you want both things. Just tell him you did it. Gavin Newsom. Did we get that thing passed with electric cars? Yep. All right. So we're not, you can't buy uh, you can't buy new gas cars here. That's right. Cool. No, you and, did it. Yeah, you did it. Yeah. That's done. And Jay Inslee, did we fire everybody who wouldn't take the injections? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And we gave the teachers the quarter million bucks a year. Yep. Okay, good. Give them the give them the Saddam Hussein treatment. Right. Right. Hey, do we have do we have do we have nuclear weapons? Oh yeah, boss. You bet. We're stacked. Yeah, we're are, stacked. Are the Americans here <laughs> in Baghdad? No. No, 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 no. We got them, boss. We got them on the run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that may be uh, the best outcome for all of this. So it's always uh, just a joy to chat with you, uh, Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer, Bull Capital Management. Never forget, he has a radio show, KnowYourRiskRadio.com, as well, a radio show of his own, and a very, very good one. My brother, thank you for um, making sense of things that don't make sense and admitting where things can't make sense because they weren't designed to make sense. Hey, thanks for, as always for having me on and, and uh, prayers go out to you and the fam for the, for the loss. I'm sure you've told the real listeners about it, but uh, we'll be praying for you guys tonight. Thank you, my brother. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and yeah, take a little extra time tonight. Um, with your loved ones, because I haven't yet told you about the loss in our family, uh, but I'm going to tell you in the very next episode about a loss that we incurred and how it helped me find gratitude.